Good morning. Um, so for those of you that don't know me, I'm Jackie Goss. I'm director of children's ministry here at South Union. I was just dressed up as Big Bird, but I thought that would be really weird if I taught from stage in a Big Bird costume. So quick transformation. Um, we are just going to jump right in this morning. Um, that is Next Gen Sunday. The kids did a fantastic job. Let's give them another round of applause. They're upstairs. Can't hear us. Um, yeah, we are just going to jump right in this morning. We are in the middle of our series called Let's Talk About It. And the last week that Jeremy preached, he preached about our mission, our vision, and our values here at South Union. And I just want to recap those for a bit this morning um, because what we're going to talk about today ties into that a little bit. I'm so tired from jumping. That means I'm getting way too old. Okay. <laughs> um, but our mission here at South Union Christian Church is to, in unity, win and commit people to Jesus Christ, training them for service in his kingdom. That is the why behind everything that we do here. Um, he also specifically mentioned one of our values last week that he talked about was um, that we value um, the fact that we are spiritual contributors. We're not consumers. That in order to commit people to Jesus and train them for service in the kingdom, that we have to actively participate in the work of our church and in the work of the body of Christ. And so we're going to zero in on that value this morning as we try to figure out what exactly our job is as a kingdom worker and how we can do that in the kingdom to win and commit people to Jesus. <clears throat> so um, I don't know how many of you are Seinfeld fans. Any of you by show of hands? Some of you out there. Okay, so as I was preparing for the sermon, I... Um, thought of this one Seinfeld episode. And for those of you that don't know, Kramer is a goofy guy, okay? And so he's one of the main characters on the show. And he and George are downtown, and Kramer realizes he has to use the, rest, the restroom. And so instead of using a public restroom, um, George is like, oh, the best bathroom is in this one office building. You have to go use that bathroom. And so Kramer goes, he uses that bathroom, and as he comes out, like all of the employees are flocking to the conference room. And he gets kind of mixed into this rush of people, this crowd of people, and um, they think he works there. So they start talking to him, you head to the conference room? And so Kramer's like, sure, why not? Because he's weird. Um, and <laughs> he decides then after that that all of these people think that he works there, so he's just going to keep showing up to work every day. So he dresses in a suit, he takes a briefcase, he goes to work, he hangs out at the water cooler, he polishes his shoes, he sits at a desk, he eats some snacks, and he even goes out for happy hour with some of his coworkers um, after hours. And then one day, of course, he gets called into the office of his boss. And his boss is like, um, Kramer, your work stinks. He's like, oh, I know, you know, I've, I've been having problems at home. Um, and <laughs> he says, uh, I can work nights, I can work weekends, whatever it takes. I gotta make this job work. And the boss says, no, you know, I looked at your reports and it's almost like you have no business training at all. I'm going to have to fire you. And Kramer says, well, I don't even really work here. And so anyway, that just made me think that sometimes when we are out walking around, we're doing our work, we forget about the purpose that we have in our work. We forget what kingdom work really is. And we don't know what our role exactly is as a kingdom worker. So when I was young, Jeremy would say hundreds of years ago when I was in high school, um, I would say that my definition of kingdom worker was that of like a missionary. It was somebody that was anointed, they received a special calling, they heard from God, and they were called to do kingdom work, maybe to, to preach the gospel to other people um, throughout the world. Um, as I got a little older, um, I branched out in the world a little bit, and I saw other organizations that were 
around and that existed to teach people about Jesus, my kingdom worker definition probably changed to maybe the people that were getting paid to do it. So the church staff, um, maybe the people that help run Fellowship of Christian Athletes or Campus Crusades for Christ, um, those kind of people, they were kingdom workers. That was their job. That's what they were paid to do. And it wasn't really until my first real job out of college that I was a case manager for the seriously mentally ill, and I had several coworkers that were non-Christians, and I had about 23 clients, 18 of which were um, schizophrenic. And a lot of their hallucinations, their delusions, their voices in their head, they were very religious and sometimes satanic in nature. And I started thinking, wow, like, what an opportunity for me to be able to share Jesus at work. But I had no idea how to do that. I didn't know what the rules were. I didn't know if I would get in trouble. I didn't know what that looked like. So we're going to look at that a little bit this morning to figure out um, the fact that we are all called to be kingdom workers and what that should look like for each of us. <clears throat> so if you'll turn in your Bibles with me, um, if you have your phones, you can open your Bible app or grab a blue Bible on the chair in front of you. I apologize for my voice, by the way. I had a cold this week, and so, you know, that's just how it goes. I've got gunkiness in my throat and, you know, the joys. Okay, um, <laughs> so if you'll go to Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. Um, and we'll find out what it says about the role of kingdom work in our life. At this point, Jesus is hanging out with his followers, and he's um, talking to them right before he ascends back into heaven. In verse 6, it says this, Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I love that the disciples here, they're focused on one thing. Jesus, when are you going to do this? <laughs> when are you going to restore the earthly kingdom back to Israel? And Jesus responds and basically tells them three different things in the next couple of verses. First, he tells them, you guys are focused on the kingdom where you're at the center but I want you to realize that I have such a bigger purpose for you. There is more out there than what you're seeing. You need to look beyond yourselves. Stop focusing on earthly things. And then second, he tells them in verse 8, you are going to help advance my kingdom. You will receive my Holy Spirit, giving you power and boldness to live as my representatives. So here, in essence, Jesus is passing the baton from all the work that he's been doing and showing them that he did here on earth, and he's passing the baton of all of that work to each of them, saying, you are all kingdom workers. No matter their occupational status, they were fishermen or a carpenter, whether we're a stay-at-home parent or if we're retired or if we're a student, whatever that is, whatever our work looks like, we are all um, kingdom workers in the kingdom of Jesus. Um, third, I love that Jesus, he doesn't point out specific times when everybody's going to be a kingdom worker. Like, oh, you should really just go do that then or go to these specific people here. He says to the ends of the earth. So in everything that we say and everything that we do, we are kingdom workers. If we're a follower of Jesus, we are kingdom, kingdom workers everywhere we go. Whether it's in our paid professions, whether we're volunteering, whether we're making breakfast for our kids, whether you're mowing your lawn, <laughs> whatever it is, we are called to live our lives on mission for Jesus. And that's what it means to be a kingdom worker. We're living our lives on a mission. 
So in order to be purposeful about our work and to live our lives on a mission, we must first kind of put our identities where they're supposed to be. We don't want to put our identities in work um, or the things that we do, um, maybe how we view ourselves as a mom right now or whatever hat it is that you're wearing. Um, we need to have our identities rooted in Christ. So if you'll turn with me to Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27, <clears throat> it says this, God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. When I think of an image, I think of a picture. You all probably have photographs around your house or maybe pictures of people at work, um, pictures on your phone. And all of those pictures, they represent somebody to you when they're not there. So it's like you can remember who they are even in their absence. You have those pictures around all of those places to remind you of them. I was at a women's conference recently in Bedford, and one of the speakers there, she described this, um, and I thought it was really cool, but she said, you know, back in the Old Testament with the kings and the emperors that were there, they, um, they didn't have social media, they didn't have news outlets, they couldn't travel to all of their kingdoms or their empires, and so they created images or statues of the king and the emperor, and they put those all throughout the kingdom and the emperor and the empire. And so then the people, they didn't have to travel to go see the king, but it was like that king was there. He was a direct representation of the king or the emperor so that they could go worship, they could go leave their sacrifices, take their offerings, whatever they needed to do. That king represented um, the, the statue, sorry, represented the king or the emperor um, in his absence. So this should blow our minds in two different ways after those verses I just read. We are created in the image of God. We're the exact representations of God walking on this earth. And I don't know if that gives anybody else chills in here, <laughs> but it always does to me to think that we, he chose us, he inherently, uniquely made each of us with value and dignity and worth and purpose to be his hands and feet while we're here on this earth. <clears throat> Our identity shouldn't be rooted in how other people see us, but that we are walking around created in the image of God. The second way it should blow your mind is I hope it hurt a little bit. <laughs> it did me. I asked myself how many times am I representing God at work, in my family, at a sporting events, at the grocery store, when I'm driving. <laughs> All of those times when we're supposed to be direct representations of God and we're not, we fall short. So my challenge to you this week is to remind yourself somehow of your identity and how it's rooted in Christ. Pick two things. Start there that you want to work on and focus on to be that image of God to others. You have his image stamped on you. And so live that out as you're going throughout your week this week. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Okay, so now with our identities rooted in Christ, and we know that as a kingdom worker we're to live our lives on mission, there are three ways that we can view our work in order to reach our fullest potential as a kingdom worker. First, I want us to view our work as a gift. 
after God gave man and woman identity, he gave them purpose. So look in your Bibles back again with me to Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. It says, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So God told Adam and Eve to fill the earth, to subdue it, to take control over it, to have dominion over it. But if you look at the words that it says right before that, it says God blessed them. And when I think of a blessing, I think of a gift. And so we're going to look at um, two different ways um, that God has given us work as a gift. First, maybe we're going to look at um, work as a gift as in the skills and the talents that he's blessed us with. He blessed them with the gifts to be fruitful and multiply and to rule over the, the earth. And so what gifts has God given you? In Romans 12, 3 through 8, it says, We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. He designed us all with different gifts, thank goodness, because I could not do this week after week. Anyway, (laughs) but he designed us all with different gifts. Maybe you haven't found your gift yet or how you want to use it or how you should use it. And maybe it's not even your gift during your everyday work that you get paid for. Maybe it's you're using your gift somewhere outside of that work. Maybe it's in volunteering in a position somewhere. But if you haven't found your gift yet, then you should ask yourself, what is it that you love? What drives you? What are your passions? And then ask yourself, what is it that you hate? What's the thing that makes you so upset that you get really emotional over? Because maybe you have a gift that's directed toward that. And so ask yourself those questions to find out what your gifts are. Um, do these things to build God's kingdom then and to pursue excellence because he's given you those things as a gift to do his work in his kingdom. So second, I want us to view work as a gift in a literal sense, that it's actually a gift. <laughs> it's a present. I love presents. Um, often we relegate our work to being a grind to being mundane tasks that we have to do. Maybe it's something that you just feel you have to do because you pay the bills. You get up every day. Everybody hates Mondays. I don't know why that is. We should love Mondays, right? (laughs) Our work is a gift, and so we need to remember that he's blessed us with it. And because it's a gift from God, then we should want to do it to the best of our ability. Not just do it halfway, but remember we're bearing Christ's image. And so everything that we do, we need to do for him, for his glory, for his honor, and to the best of our ability. We can partner with God and represent him while we work because our identity is in him. And by doing this, then, we can show our coworkers, our family members, the people that we volunteer with who God is, and they're going to see that in you. They're going to see something different about you, and hopefully then one day that will open a door to have a conversation with them so you can show them his love, his grace, and his mercy and have a real direct conversation about who Jesus is as Lord of your life. When I think of my work here as director of children's ministry, I sometimes get wrapped up in the the to-do list. I've done this now for 10 years. Sometimes it gets exhausting, finding teachers, finding volunteers, doing the curriculum, 
um, making sure everything is safe, the classrooms are safe, and I could focus on those things, but I don't. <laughs> I look at my job as a gift because through every lesson that I plan, every event that we have, every curriculum, every game, every craft that we make, I have the opportunity to show people who Jesus is. And when we connect people through our work and what we do, then that's kingdom work. That's living our lives on mission. So the second, week to view, second way we can view work um, is to view work as ministry. In Genesis chapter 2, verses 4 through 8, and verse 15, it says this. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. When the Lord God made the earth and the heavens... Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. But streams then came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. So when God first created the heavens and the earth, there was nobody to take care of it. And then he created man, and he gave us the responsibility to work the land. I'm going to change that word here to cultivate. (laughs) So we can cultivate the land and cultivate whatever the work it is that we're doing. If you are a follower of Jesus, then you are in full-time ministry might not get paid for it, (laughs) but you are in full-time ministry. You are a spiritual contributor called to live your life on a mission, to work and to cultivate the creation that God has given you. If you're a teacher, you're cultivating the minds of the young and to teach them new things. If you're an accountant, you can cultivate the chaos and the order of finance (laughs) and finding order in numbers. Whatever it is that you've been called to do, it's a ministry, and you have the opportunity to do a ministry doing it. When I was looking in the Bible, thinking of all of the jobs that people have and the stories that we've heard, they all were doing ministry through their work, or they found a ministry because of their work. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. Lydia was a merchant. Daniel was in politics. Paul was a tent maker. Luke was a doctor. David was a shepherd. Esther was a queen. And they all used their work for ministry, to live their lives on mission, and to point people to Jesus. So what ministry is God calling you to work in right now? Maybe it's something at your paid job that you're already doing. Maybe it's a relationship there. Maybe right now it's just your family. Maybe your family needs all of your focus. You're caring for somebody there. Maybe your ministry is here at the church. Maybe it's serving in the children's ministry (laughs) as a teacher. Maybe it's a youth sponsor with the youth group. Mark's been looking for youth sponsors for a couple years, and Sarah, our worship minister, she stepped in to do it because he couldn't find anybody else. Maybe it's something with the building here at the church. Tim Stoll, he's here every week fixing a light, fixing a toilet, fixing something. (laughs) Like he's doing landscaping. I don't know what it is, but he's here doing stuff every week. Maybe it's the baptistry. We have a baptism this morning, second service, and it wasn't ready for today, and so it needed cleaned. And so one of our elders did that. What's your ministry? What is some way that you can find for yourself to use your gifts and to serve others, to put 
their agenda above your own. All right, the third thing I want us to view work as to view work as worship. Uh, worship is putting God before all things. Be careful, to, I'm not saying that we should worship our work because <laughs> we do that. A lot of us, we put our work above anything else because that's what society dictates the success of our jobs and our businesses. But work is putting God before everything, giving him our highest praise and our deepest adoration. We need to surrender to him for him to do whatever he wants in us and through us. Worship, um, like kingdom work, it's not just about music. It's a lifestyle. It's like living life on a mission. Worship is presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice to God. And as I was researching for this sermon, I found this illustration in Johann Sebastian Bach, he's a composer, um, and he, when he composes his music, he'll write it, and then at the very end, he signs it with his initials JSB. Now, some, not all of his compositions, he also signs them SDG, which means Soli Deo Gloria, and that's for your glory alone, God. And so he's composing that work, not for his own praise or worship, but for God alone. He's doing it for his glory. And so how can you make your work an act of worship? Um, so as we wrap up this morning, um, we're going to talk about it. Um, I have an image that's going to go up on screen. Um, and if you look at this image, it kind of is just a summary of everything that we just talked about. I don't know why I have paper. I have this iPad up here. I feel like an old person with my paper all of a sudden. Anyway, that's okay. Um, so let's talk about it. So if you're looking on the screen, we're all kingdom workers, no matter your occupational status. Um, whether you're a student, an employee, if you're retired, if you're a grandparent, a stay-at-home mom, whatever, you are a follower of Jesus, and you're a kingdom worker. You're called to live your life on mission as a follower of Jesus. And in order to do that, as I talked about, our um, identities need to be rooted in Christ. We need to see ourselves as an image bearer of Christ. His image is stamped on us, and all that we do is we go forward in our work, and we're working for the kingdom. Once we're re rooted in our identity, then we view our work as a gift, we view our work as ministry, and we view our work as worship. When we do those things, every person that we come into contact in all of those different ways of life, our family, our coworkers, the grocery store worker, the person driving next to you, <laughs> um, your neighbors, whoever it is, you have the opportunity to impact them for the kingdom of God. And that's huge. And that sounds like a big job to take on. <laughs> but I know we can do it. So think about your own life right now. Do you view work as a gift? Or is it just something you got to get up and do every day? <laughs> do you view your work as ministry? How can you put your own actions aside, your own wants aside, and serve other people? And do you see work as worship? I want to take a minute right now, and I just want to bless you and encourage you. Whatever your job is in the kingdom, whatever God has called you to do, if you're a teacher, you're a kingdom worker. Go build God's kingdom. If you're a principal, you're a kingdom worker. Go build God's kingdom. If you're working in the sound booth, you're a kingdom worker. 
go build God's kingdom. If you're an accountant, go build God's kingdom. If you're a trash truck driver, go build God's, God's kingdom. If you're a construction worker, build God's kingdom. If you're retired, go build God's kingdom. Whatever it is, wherever you're putting your work, you have a responsibility there as a follower of Jesus to do his work. Let us pray. Dear Father, right now, Lord, we just want to thank you, Lord, for calling us. We thank you for sending your work to us as a gift. Not that we're just here to exist on earth and die one day, but, Lord, that we're here for a purpose and on purpose, Lord, to live our lives on mission. Help us to maximize, Lord, that opportunity. Help us to redeem the ordinary, mundane um, routines of our lives, Lord, to an opportunity where we can show other people who you are. Where we can um, then hopefully, Lord, just turn that opportunity where a door opens and we can tell them about your love, your grace, and your mercy. Help us, Lord, to use our work as a ministry to serve other people. And ultimately, Lord, we ask for us to use our work as an act of worship for your glory and your glory alone. Help us, Lord, right now just to um, be challenged by all of those things. Lord, you told us to shout it from the rooftops, whatever we hear behind closed doors. And so we're going to do that. We're going to go this week and we're going to proclaim your name, Lord, not with just our words, but with our actions. We give you all the glory. Amen. So as we come to this next part of our service <clears throat> to take communion, we can think about Jesus and how he was set the example for us in his kingdom work. And that God knew we were going to mess up. <laughs> but he had a plan. So just these next few minutes, just focus on him. The words that you've heard this morning. And I challenge you to be a better kingdom worker. Come before Jesus right now and ask him for help and how you can do that. Just spend these next few minutes just praying to him. This is your time.